0: There's power in conversations. I remember being in school and a teacher asking us one time, and for those of you who don't know much about my story, I wasn't really raised in church. I didn't go to church much. My parents started attending church about midway through my high school life, and I wasn't forced to go, so I never really went to church until after Church, But I'd always been fascinated with kind of history and great leaders and people who had changed the world. And we had a teacher one time ask us, I said, if you could sit down and have a conversation with anyone, who would it be? And for me, even at that time in my life, it was a very simple answer. I'd sit down with Jesus. Because can you imagine having a conversation with Jesus? Someone who's literally changed the world just to be able to sit down one-on-one and ask Him whatever questions you want to ask Him. And and that's the premise of this series. It's a real, real simple series. (laughs) If you could sit down and have a conversation with Jesus, without all the formalities and without everybody watching, without knowing what you were going to talk about was going to be stuck on Facebook, if you could just sit down and have a conversation with the Savior, what are some of the questions you'd ask Him? If you could sit down over a a cup of coffee or a cold beer, isn't it amazing how just a little cup of liquid acts like a barrier to break down walls? I've seen 400-pound men with a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden they hide behind that coffee and they feel secure. We were created for community. We were created for fellowship. You've heard me say this a thousand times. God never created us to be alone. I joked that even the Lone Ranger... Had tanto. we were created to do life with others and part of doing life with others is getting to know those people and having conversations with those people. And so what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to look at a lot of discussions. We're going to talk about why the bad things happen to good people because that's just a question, i got to be honest with you, I don't understand sometimes. We're going to be talking about what happens when we die. You know, the older I get i got to be honest with you, that's a question that I think about a lot. It's a question, I've I've shared this with you before if you're new to the church, I kind of hit this weird state, I know this sounds really weird, but when I hit 40, like it was two years ago, and I went to kind of a freak out mode for a while, because I was like, man, my life is half over. I'm not going to probably make it to 80. And I kind of went through this whole journey of being like, I really need to know what the Bible says, what happens when we die. I, I almost got fearful of it, and man, I'm glad that I was able to get over it. We're going to talk about, what about them? You know the people who judge you and look down at you, yet they got so many skeletons in their own closet? The people that we feel like, man, just beat us up and give Christianity a bad name, but yet they get away with murder? And and in the last week, we're going to talk about a really spiritual topic. And I'm going to ask Jesus the question, why do most Christians... Suck. I mean, some of the most hateful, mean, backstabbing people in the world call themselves Christians. And I just struggle with that. And so we're going to be looking at those subjects. But today I want to talk about the question that I would ask Jesus if I had a chance to sit down with him. Because hands down in my life as a pastor, it is the number one question I get from people. Can God really forgive me for my past? Can God... Really forgive me. Gary, it sounds good when you preach it. And it's fun to amen it. And it's fun to share little memes that talk about it. But at the end of the day, Gary, you don't know what I've done. And can God really forgive me of my past? And i got to be honest, man. That's a powerful, powerful question. And i got to be honest with you here. I try to always be honest with you as a pastor. I don't ever want to be that pastor who preaches at you. I want to be the pastor who's preaching with you because here's the reality of the situation. Probably everything you struggle with, I struggle with times 10. I have the same temptations and the same thoughts and the same anger and the same bitterness and the same vindictiveness and the same whatever it is you have, I have. See, we tend to think, oh, he's the pastor and he's got it all together on the stage. No, 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 no. Pastors just act like they have it all together on the stage. We're more screwed up than anybody. If you could have an hour in this head, you'd probably become an alcoholic afterwards. But this is a question I ask a lot Can God really forgive me of my past? Because here's the deal. Satan loves to remind us of our past. It's one of his greatest tools. He loves to use it to convince us that we are nothing. He loves to come along because he knows his future. He likes to come along and say, yeah, but do you remember when you did this? You can't do that today because you did that yesterday. Hey, because you did that, man, you're worthless. You'll never amount to anything in the future because of what you did. Just Who's going to listen to you? Who's going to hear what you have to say? They all know what you did. You screwed that person over. You hurt that person. You were wrong in that situation. And Satan loves to come along and remind us of our past all the time. For me, it's always when I'm probably in the best place in my life. When things are clicking and things are going good, man, and I'm getting up and I'm in my prayer closet and I'm in the Word and I'm in there trying to pray and all of a sudden Satan's like, you remember when? (laughs) One of Satan's greatest tools is guilt. He loves to make us feel guilty. And and guilt's one of those feelings that nobody likes. We do everything we can to avoid it, (laughs) but we all feel it Because the reality is, none of us are perfect. We've all screwed up. We've all messed up. We've all went through hard times. (laughs) And the only way to actually avoid guilt is to be perfect and never do anything wrong. I had to tell someone today, I said, hey, you dropped the ball on this. And this individual, I love this individual, and this individual's been in my life for a long time. And the individual, I could tell him immediately when I said, hey, man, I need you to remember to do this. I could tell he got a look on his face, but I do this. uh, uh, uh," And I said, breathe. I said, why are you freaking out? I'm not mad. I'm not getting on to you. I'm just telling you, hey, don't forget this in the future. And he looked at me and said, I just want to do everything around here perfect. I said, oh, okay, Jesus. (laughs) None of us are perfect. We're all going to forget things. We're all going to drop the ball. We're all going to mess up. We all have done things that we feel guilty about. We've stolen, we've ruined relationships, we've hurt someone we love. Man, there's affairs, we've allowed yourself to be used, you've ripped somebody off, you said something you regret, I, I don't know, maybe you've struggled with addictions, maybe you, you, you've, you've taken a lot, I don't know what it is, maybe you've lied, I don't know what it is, but everyone here has done something at some time in our life, let's be honest, probably in the last seven days, to be guilty over There's a time everyone in this room has wondered, can God really forgive me of my past? And here's the reality. I have preached on forgiveness my whole life. I have taught it. I have believed it. And I know it to be true. Yet I still wonder all the time, can God still forgive me? Ah, did, did I just do the thing? That just, he's like, ah, I give up on him. Can God really forgive me? I mean, like, I feel like, my, by no means do I think I'm the smartest man in the world when it comes to this book. But I feel like I have a decent knowledge of this book. Yet I still go through times where I'm like, man, can God... Really forgive me. I've been so racked with guilt at times that I literally cannot let it go. I've had times in my life, especially when we first started this church, that many of you confirmed me and said, Hey, man, we're sick of hearing about the past and how you feel bad about it. Move on. But I was so guilt-ridden. I felt so bad. I would always go, there. there's a verse in the Psalms, he said, my sin was ever before me and I feel like my sin is always ever before me. I move on and months go on and years go on and something happens and something clicks and bam! There's that guilt. Devil's smart. He knows when to attack and immediately those questions come back. Can God really forgive me of my past? And I think at the end of the day, the problem is we hear about forgiveness, and it's one of those messages that we hear so much that maybe not even intentionally we tune it out. If we don't really grasp what forgiveness is, we tend to think God forgives us. Don't miss this. We tend to think God forgives us like we forgive others. We know deep down inside how our forgiveness works. Our forgiveness takes time. Our forgiveness comes along with our favorite phrase, I forgive you, but I ain't forgetting. Our forgiveness comes with rules. Hey, if you jump on one leg and skip and hop and do the secret handshake and spin around four times and drop and you know all the right moves, then maybe I'll forgive you. So when we think about how God forgives us, we think about how we forgive others. Our forgiveness takes time. Our forgiveness never forgets. Our forgiveness means we're always going to hold on to it. And we assume God operates like we do. See, the difference is, though, we forgive in the natural. And God forgives in the supernatural. We forgive in the flesh, and God forgives in the spiritual. Never think God's ways are our ways. So when it comes to forgiveness, we don't understand it, because we know how we feel, and and then we're almost braggadocious about it. You know how I am. I just hang on to things. And you know my philosophy on that. You hang on to things. That's awesome. Guess what? That only hurts you. That person who hurts you, they ain't thinking about you. They don't get up every morning thinking about you, wondering about you, thinking about how they hurt you. But you get up every day letting them hurt you again because you can't let go. I always say this. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. It's releasing yourself of something they did to you where they can't continue to do it anymore. Or you can hang on to it and you can get bitter and you can stay angry and everything can ignite it. The problem is, we don't forgive like God forgives. So when it comes to forgiveness for ourselves from God, we don't grasp it. But forgiveness is powerful. There's only one source for our forgiveness. And that's God. There's only one way to get forgiveness, and that's to ask for it. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 9, this is then how you should pray. Then he steps down to verse 12. Forgive us our debts. Lord, hear how we ought to pray. Ask God's forgiveness for the things you've screwed up. Ask God's forgiveness for the things you messed up. How, how do you get rid of guilt? How do you get forgiveness? You simply ask for it. But our mind doesn't grasp that. Because that's not how we operate. (laughs) And now, here's what happens. Some of you come on and say, Gary, I do that. And yet I still feel guilty. I I don't know about you, but, man, I'll pray to God, God, forgive me of this. I know I screwed up. And, man, help me, help me, help me. And then I immediately just start to feel guilty again about it. Because I realize how my actions have hurt other people and what they've done to other people and the consequences for me. And the guilt just flares back up. (laughs) And why is that? We ask for forgiveness, yet we still feel guilty. We don't understand forgiveness. We don't understand how God forgives. So, if we were to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Jesus today, and I was to look at him and say, Hey, JC, got a question for you. Be honest with me. Ain't nobody around, ain't nobody listening. I'm not going to retweet what you tell me. But be honest. Can you really forgive my past? I believe he'd take a sip of his coffee and he'd look at us and he'd begin to answer that question with just again showing us what forgiveness is. And what I want to do today is I want to show you what forgiveness is because here's why I believe it's so important. I believe with everything that is in me, God wants to do something great with this church. I'm going to say something to you that sounds really arrogant. I hope you know my heart in this. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I believe in a lot of ways this church is a pioneering church for a movement of God that's about to happen. In letting people through the doors, loving people no matter where they're at in life, Loving people with no strings attached. And I believe seven years into this thing, we've been beat up and bruised and battered. And now I'm starting to see a trend in other churches going along that way. And I believe at the end of the day, we're about to see a move of God inside these four walls like we've never seen before. That's not preacher talk. I don't get up all the time and say that. That's not pump you up talk. That's not Gary being rah, rah, rah. I just believe I've had too many meetings recently with so many people who feel outcast by the church who told me thank you for this place that I believe we're about to see something amazing. But here's the deal. In order to fulfill the vision God has for us, it's going to take us being the body and everyone doing their part and filling in and making this place happen. And the problem is so many of you have placed yourself on the sidelines instead of the field because you're living with guilt. You don't think God can forgive you, and there you for you don't think God can use you. And God says, I'm getting ready to do something great. And I said, I'm about to raise up a generation. He says, I'm about to raise up a group of people. But here's the deal: the devil's gonna come along and say, you can't be used. Who do you think you are? You think God's gonna use you to feed people? And you think God's gonna use you to clothe people? And you think God's gonna use you to help addicts? And you think God's gonna use you to create an environment where people can come in and feel love and accepted? Do you really think God's gonna use you? What if they find out about bam? What if they find out about that? What if they find out about what you did? What if they find out, and this is the greatest toy, what you really are? And so we back up and we retreat. I've got a buddy of mine right now who went through some hell in his life as a pastor. He's down in South Georgia, and I can tell God's stirring in him to get back into ministry. And he's had a lot of doors open recently to get back into ministry. And he says, but what if... I get back into ministry and everyone finds out what I did. And I said, Everybody knows what you did. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I said, It was in the paper. I, I know, but, but that was, year, it was a few years ago and now it's all settled down. It's going to get brought back up. And I said, Yeah, it is. Who cares? Let the haters hate. Let them come out of the woodwork. You stay focused on what God's done. But it's Satan coming along and pouring guilt into him. Can God really forgive me of my past? We need to understand forgiveness. We need to understand this about God's forgiveness. God forgives instantly. God forgives instantly. There we go, Lynn. You're doing good. Is Lynn back there, or Tanya? Oh, I'm not yelling at Tanya. I'll yell at Lynn. I ain't yelling at Tanya. Good job, Tanya, man. Thank you for filling in today. You take as much time as you need, okay? I ain't stupid. God forgives us instantly. The Bible says in Nehemiah, you are a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, full of love. Please keep that verse up for a minute. I I love that phrase always ready. God is always ready to forgive us. He forgives instantly. No delay. No waiting. No hey you got to go through these steps. The minute we ask for forgiveness God says it's immediate. God is more ready to forgive you right now than you are ready to ask for forgiveness. He, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. You're like, I don't think He will. I don't know if He can. He said, "Just ask me." He's always ready. See, that's important to understand because that's different than human forgiveness. Let's be honest. I know it's hard in church. So I'm not going to ask you to be public because you'd lie if I had to ask for public interest. But we like just a little bit to see people suffer. You're saying, I don't. Well, then you're better than me. Because deep down in, when you do me wrong, I ain't saying I want God to kill you. But I wouldn't mind seeing you like stub your toe or something along the way. I'll forgive you. People say, Gary, I actually, I'll forgive you. But it's not instant. I'm getting better at it. When Christine and I first got married, she'd hurt my feelings. And um, she'd say, oh, will you forgive me? I said, maybe one day. (laughs) I'll think about it. You know why? Because I wanted her to feel guilty. Because when she felt guilty, she would do more things, you know. I was manipulative. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, maybe. Okay, we're, we're, we'll go eat wherever you want to go eat tonight. Oh, okay. Okay, hey, don't worry about folding those clothes. I got it. Oh, okay. Selfish. Selfish. You know, I, I wanted to forgive her, but you know, I was going to string her along just a little bit. I wanted to see a little bit of groveling, a little bit of rubbing it in. And God never does that. God never makes us wait for forgiveness. He says, I'm always ready. It's instant. It's immediate. It's the moment you ask without delay. And here's why because our bodies were not designed to carry guilt. And people say, What do you you mean? You're telling me a believer should never feel guilt? Yeah, for about 30 seconds until you ask for forgiveness. And once you ask for forgiveness, once you admit your sin to God, once you confess it, once you choose to to say, God, I don't want to go down that path anymore, help me, it shouldn't take any longer than that to let go of the guilt. (laughs) There's a lie that goes around, especially in the church world, that says, hey, feeling guilty makes you a better person. (laughs) doesn't make you a better person. I I remember when I went through some dark days in my life. And I lost everything. And it had been about 30, 45 days. And here was an amazing thing that happened after about 45 days of losing everything, including my job. My bill, people that I owed money to, didn't care that I had lost everything. The bill still kept coming. Had no job. Bills are coming. Had no job to make money. They needed money. So I got a job. And I remember everyone saying, look at him. He's moved on. He doesn't have any guilt. He's back working. I'm, like, I'm just trying to keep a roof over my head, you know. They love. It. I, I saw him out in I used to see it all the time. I saw him out in public and he was smiling. <laughs> Sorry I had my kids and I wasn't <laughs> being miserable. We love to see people suffer. We want to know that they've went through hell because of what they've done for us. The more miserable they are, the better I feel. And guilt just makes you a better person. No, it doesn't. Guilt makes you a miserable person. It makes you a miserable person. (laughs) Some people have the motto that I ought to just feel guilty about everything, and if I don't feel guilty about everything, I ought to feel guilty that I don't feel guilty. It's always guilt-ridden. And God says, no, 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 no. Forgiveness is yours for the asking. He not only wants to forgive you, he wants you to experience that forgiveness. God says, I have forgiven you, yet you kept beating yourself up about the situation. He doesn't want you carrying it around. It's yours for the asking. It's instant. You've got to understand that about that. All these people, especially in the church world, because the church, good God Almighty, it'll make you feel guilty about everything. It'll make you feel guilty about where you eat and what you drink and what you listen to and who you love. And jeez please, man, we're pushing everybody away because we got all this stuff and the church just wants to, to, to heap guilt on you. It's not forgiving you instantly. Isaiah says God is merciful and quick to forgive. So can God forgive you of your past? Yeah, and it's instant. Know something else? God forgives completely. God forgives completely. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away and nailed it to the cross. That's good preaching. Somebody say amen. He didn't forgive 50% of what you did. He didn't forgive 70% of what you did. He forgave 100% of what you asked forgiveness for. Not only did he forgive it, he took it and he put it on the cross forgiveness is complete when jesus died for your sins he included all your sins not some of your sins all of your sins sins you didn't even know you were going to commit that you ain't committed yet he took them to the cross we preach about the cross and we sing about the cross but we have no concept of what the cross is Jesus came to earth, God came to earth in human flesh, and he was a sacrifice for our sins. And we don't think God forgives us. Not only the ones I've committed in the past, all the ones I'm going to commit this afternoon. So you know you're going to sin, yeah, I'm going to screw it up wife's out of town i got four kids football is going to be on I, i'm gonna probably say some things i shouldn't say probably drink some things the baptists think i shouldn't drink and it's just gonna be one of those days i'm probably gonna need a little bit of forgiveness and guess what it's already been forgiven and hung on the cross every sin i make every mistake i make every failure i make every fluff, flaw, flaw error that i will ever commit has already been covered by the cross He says he hung it over his head on the cross. He said, I I don't want you feeling guilty. I don't want you walking around with that stigma. We don't forgive instantly, and we sure don't forgive completely. We forgive partially. So we can't comprehend that God would forgive us completely. I'll forgive you, but I'm going to keep my eye on you. I'll forgive you, but you're going to have to rebuild trust. I'll forgive you, but every time I have a bad day, I'm going to remind you about it. I'll forgive you, but the next time you screw up in any other area of your life, I'm going to remind you of this. We forgive partially, so we can't comprehend that God forgives completely. God doesn't hold the grudge against you. Notice that verse. Go back. I think it's in the previous verse. It said he completely annulled the verse. I mean, completely annulled our sin by hanging it to the cross. Jesus was nailed to a cross. Don't don't miss this. Jesus was nailed to a cross. So you can stop nailing yourself to a cross. hung for our hang-ups. You don't have to go around beating yourself to death because the penalty has already been paid. You're forgiven today. (laughs) The pardon was purchased. It was purchased at a high, high price. He gave his life for the pardon of your sins. It's like if I shoplifted something and I went to jail and they're going to put me away and Kylie showed up and said, hey, I know he did it. I know he's guilty. I'm going to go serve his prison term. That's what Jesus said. That's what he he, he said. I know they're guilty. I know they've screwed up. But I'm going to pay the price for their sins. He paid the bill. (laughs) How, How long do you, how many of you have bills you have to pay every month? How long do you remember a bill after you pay it? I don't. Write the water bill, stick it in the mail, guess what? I don't go around all day thinking about the water bill. Write the car payment, send it in. Even when I get in my car, I don't think about the car payment I just sent in. Once a bill has been paid, I no longer think about it. The bill for your sins has already been paid. The Bible says in Jeremiah, for I will forgive their wickedness, don't miss this, and I will remember their sins no more. You keep beating yourself up and God says, I don't even remember what you're beating yourself up about. Here's the amazing thing about God. God can forget. He chooses to forget. God, the creator of the universe, chooses to forget every mistake every sin once you ask for his forgiveness i heard a story one time was they said it's a true story of a priest in the philippines and early in his life he had committed a very large sin and apparently it bugged him to death he had so much guilt over this previous sin even though he had asked for forgiveness many times he felt very guilty and he carried the burden for years and there was a lady in his church, and the lady in his church she claimed to have visions and claimed that she spoke directly to God. And he was very skeptical of that, and he confronted her one day. And she said, "I do hear from God." He said, "Okay." He said, "If you really talk to God directly, next time you say hi to him, I want you to ask him what sin did the priest me commit back in seminary." She said, okay, I'll do that. A few days later, he ran into the lady. She came in, he asked, he said, did you ask God what sin I committed? She said, I sure did. What'd he tell you? He told me he doesn't remember. God chooses not to remember our sin. We remember it. We keep hanging over our sin. God said, I have forgiven it and I have forgotten it. You commit a sin this morning, confess it this afternoon, and, and you die God's gonna be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. God, what about what about that affair? He's like, What affair? God, what about that time I stole? W- what time? I choose not to remember anymore. Because when you remember, it's impossible not to hold it over someone's head. God forgives completely. God says, I want you to know that I forgive completely. I don't forgive partially. Quit beating yourself up over something that I don't even remember. See, the problem is when we don't believe God forgives completely. Every time something goes wrong in our life, we think it's a consequence that God's putting on us. Well, I understand why I'm broke because I did this, and God's punishing me. I understand why this is going on. God's pun- you don't understand God. That's not how our Father works. God doesn't act that way. He doesn't hold a grudge. He's not out to teach you a lesson. He forgives completely. You know what else is amazing to me about God? This is good news for a screw-up like me. He forgives repeatedly. How many times you just keep committing the same sin over and over and over? You know, we tend to get in a certain rut and keep doing the same things over and over and Over. If you have the temptation to get angry, you probably get angry a lot. If you have the temptation to, uh, to kind of cut corners, you cut corners a lot. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I, I used to think that when I would go to God over and over with the same sins all the time, I was boring Him. I'd be like, can't I be original? Hey, God, it's me that thing I asked for yesterday. I did it again. I know, you think I'd learn. And God's like, I don't remember that. This is the first time I've heard it. And He forgives completely. I used to think I was so predictable to God. But God's a forgiving God, and He loves to forgive. It's in His nature to forgive. God's a forgiving God, and Christ loves to forgive us when we ask. It's actually part of God's job description. Hebrews 7.25 in the the Phillips translation, I don't have this verse up there, says Christ is always interceding on our behalf. He's always there, always ready to forgive, instantly, completely, repeatedly. I need you to understand that today. This group right here, because most of you weren't raised in church, most of you didn't grow up in church, most of you got some stories to tell, most of you felt outcast by church, this is a group of people who live with guilt. And God says, I want to do something great in you. But you say, I can't. He hasn't forgiven He's like, no, I've forgiven you instantly. I've forgiven you completely. And I'll forgive you repeatedly because you're not perfect and you're going to keep screwing up. And I'm a good, good father who loves to come along and forgive you. I don't want to bother God with the same sin again. Man, we've got to learn. Guilt's like garbage, man. It's got to be taken out regularly. Go to God all the time. Hey, God, it's me. I screwed up again. For me, it's always. Hey, God, that ego's getting in the way again. Hey, God, that cockiness is getting in the way again. Hey, I know this is the 1,272nd time I've come to you about this. But I did it again. And God says, I love you. And you're always acknowledging your sin and you're aware because the Holy Spirit's convicting you. And I forgive you. Last one when, when we're done today. God forgives freely. God forgives freely. Free forgiveness sounds too good to be true. It doesn't even sound fair, does it? For me to commit all these things and, and then just to be able to go away scot-free, don't, don't we deserve to pay for the wrong things that we do? That's only fair. And there will be. There's consequences for our actions. Never mistake consequences for there not being forgiveness. I can go get into a fight at a bar and have someone poke my eye out and guess what? I could have been totally in the wrong. God, to forgive me. Don't mean my eye's going to grow back. But the forgiveness Forgiveness is free. (laughs) And let me rephrase that. It's free to us. Jesus paid the ultimate price when he gave his life to pay the bill for us. 2,000 years ago, he came to earth. He said, Even though I'm sinless and I'm perfect, I will take the sin of the world on me and pay for it for everyone. And it's a free gift for us. The Bible said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Here's the deal. Every one of us, for all, have sinned. We all fall short of God's standard, which is perfection. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. Free does not mean inexpensive. It costs God a lot. It cost God Himself. The humiliation of coming to earth, the humiliation of dying on the cross. (laughs) Well, but when He hung on the cross, His last words were, It is finished. What was finished? The payment for our sin. It was paid. It means the plan of salvation, the plan of coming to God was finished. The payment for everyone's guilt and everyone's sin is finished. The word in Greek, it is finished, is just one word. And they used to take that word and stamp it on bills when it was paid in full. They used to take that word and stamp it. When someone was released from prison, it was just one word. And it said, man, it is finished. The debt has been Paid. Paid in full. Listen, when Christ hung on the cross, it is finished. And for you to hold on to the guilt and for you not to bask in that forgiveness is an insult to the gift that Christ gave us. How many of you ever bought a gift for someone and it's obvious they didn't like it? Yeah, I know, especially as men. And and, and even though they didn't like it, you're insulted that they didn't like it, and you're hurt that they didn't like it. But we do that to our Savior all the time. We don't forgive ourselves, and we don't move on, and we get on Facebook, and we play the martyr, and we talk about how everyone won't forgive us, and everyone, and I'm guilty of it. Shut up. Shut up. You're forgiven. Let everyone beat you up about it. You're forgiven. Let Satan try to remind you of it. You forgiven.